My name is Maureen Brown. And if you've been in church this summer, you have realized that we are in a series called Passages. And so what this series is, lots of people have been bringing just some rich passages that have been, God's been speaking to them and something that he's been impressing upon them. So I am excited to be here with you this morning. Many of our people on long weekends, many of those that attend Grove are out enjoying God's creation, but I just know, want you to know that it's not by accident that you are here. And it's not by accident that I am here. And I believe that God has something for us this morning. The service and the sermon that I've called is called Created with Purpose. God is the creator. He creates. He created the world. He's known as the creator. And, and man, we kind of make things. Now, I'm not saying that through the... Um, inspiration and power of the Holy Spirit, that there's not times that we've created something that God has totally done through us because we are his vessel. So I'm not saying that, but normally we make things. God makes things for purpose and creates with purpose. And, and we, we do that too. We like to make things. Well, I need to tell you about a time that when I was first married and I was so excited about all the things that I was going to learn and do. And one of the things that I just, I just wanted to, I had this desire to learn how to knit and some of you are knitters, and I'm not very crafty, but I was really excited. I was going to learn how to knit, and I was going to learn how to crochet. So I started, and I started to knit. And you know what? If you read the rules, it's not, it's not really hard if you're just doing basic stitches. So I could make some things. And you know, for knitting and crocheting, for those of you who do it, if you make something small, if you just make a square small, we call it a wa- uh, dishcloth. And if you get a little better, you make it bigger, and then you call it a baby blanket, especially if you make it in colors. And then you get it bigger, and you can call it an afghan, just nice big squares. It's perfect, so I was feeling pretty good. And then I wanted to tackle something a little harder. So I thought, I'm going to make an article of clothing. I'm going to make a vest. And I'm looking at my husband's face because he remembers this day that I was showing him my vest. I worked hard. I followed the rules. I made this. I, and I, I completed a vest. So I'm showing it to Elmer, and I'm holding it up. And I said, look, look what I made, Elmer. I made a vest. And he looks, and he's, he's kind of smiling. Oh, yeah. And I'm thinking, don't, don't, you, don't you like it? Look at it. I made a vest. This is a big deal. I made a vest. It's it's great, Maureen. It's good. Hesitation. And I'm saying, what? Look at it. He said, yeah, it's nice. I see the head hole. I said, yeah, that's the head that you put over here. I see the waist hole. I said, yeah, you put it in the waist. And then he stopped. And I looked at it. I had not made any armholes. I had made a tube, just a tube. And those of you that knit and crochet, you know you can't just cut armholes into knitting. It was done. So I made, So that wasn't quite what I had planned, but I tried. Actually, I kind of give up knitting and crocheting after that. But we're going to play a little game here this morning because I uh, work with kids, and so we love to play games. So kids, this is for you too. And so the game that we're going to play is called, What Do You Think This Is For? Now... I'm looking over here to try and find someone that serves in children's ministry that would be my helper. Anybody here? And you know, if you serve in children's ministry and you don't put your hand up, what do I usually do? I usually pick some. Thank you so much, Priscilla. Thank you. Let's clap for Priscilla. Okay. So, 
Priscilla, you're going to be the roaming person on the floor. And so when someone has an answer, normally in children's ministry, I say, you got to sit and listen and put your hand up and then I'll ask you. Because kids will go, me, 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 pick me, me. I don't think we're going to have that problem this morning. So if you're the one that's going, me, 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 pick, that's who you can pick. We're going to switch the rules up today, okay? So we're going to show you a picture up here and you have to say, what was that for? What was that made for? Okay, Neil, let's do the first picture. Okay, we've got some hands up over here. You can put them up with a little more enthusiasm. Yay! Okay, good. Well, just... Foot warmer. He's right. That's a foot warmer from carriage, horse and carriage days. They put coal in it. Good job, Walter. Let's go to the next one, Neil. Okay, Priscilla, you can look for the hand and you can ask him their answer. <gasps> oh. That's wrong. I wasn't going to call it that. It's a nasal aspirator. Thanks. Okay. That's what I... Rob, you can maybe sit out in the entrance for a little bit, okay? Okay, the next one. What is that for? Priscilla, look around. See if anyone kind of has a hand just like this. I see some. Yeah, Bruce. A fat caliper. No. Ron. No. Okay, go right back there. See, I bet Yanni knows. Let's see, Priscilla. You might have to. Yanni, do you want to yell it or do you want Priscilla to say it? Oh, pardon me? Oh, so close. Okay. Thank you. Those are really good guesses. They're wrong, but they're really good. This is a cowtail holder. So the round part goes on, I thought some of you might know that, goes on the cow's back leg, and then you pinch it, and then the tail goes in that part so that that tail doesn't whip you in the head when you're milking a cow. I thought some of you might know that. Okay, but we will we'll go. Okay, Priscilla, look, let's go to the next picture. I don't see... Oh, Jasper. Oh, that's so close. That's so close, Jasper. There's got to be... Yes. Yes, it's a palm nailer. Good job. It's a palm nailer. I thought lots of construction people would know. That was my husband's pick. A palm nailer. Good. One more. Let's do the next one. Kids. Oh. Okay, kids, why don't you say it all together? What is that? Yes, Angry Birds. And that was made for fun. Just for fun and entertainment. Okay, we have one more. What is that? Spool knitting. Okay. You know what? Thank you for that. I mean, I'm going to... Thanks, Priscilla. I'm going to stop right here. I've got to tell you, this is something I found, and it was a mystery object, and nobody knew what it was. So I'm just going to leave that with you. You can kind of think about that and figure that out. It's, so I'm not going to go any further. It kind of was a trick. They couldn't tell me. No one knew. It was called a mystery object. So those are some things that, thank you, Priscilla, that man has made. Some had good purposes. Some failed a little bit. But Proverbs 16.4 tells us that the Lord has made everything for his own purpose. Everything the Lord makes has a purpose. There's nothing that he created, like that thing that he said, oops, ooh, I, didn't know what to, I don't know what to do with that one. 
Nothing. He's made everything for a purpose. So that means that if you're alive, and if you're here, your heart is beating, regardless of the circumstances of your birth, you are not an accident. Even if your parents never planned you, you are not an accident because God planned you. He had a purpose and he has a reason for your existence. I have come to learn that a lot of people struggle with the same questions. And it's these questions. is who am I? Do I matter? What is my place? Do I make a difference? Oh, am I too young to do anything? Am I too old? We all struggle. I want us to start at the beginning. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this morning. Lord, I thank you for what you are going to speak to us this morning. Lord, I just pray that um, it would be you that we hear and you that moves. If there's anything of me, may that fall away this morning. And Lord, we ask for you to open our hearts and minds for what you want to say to us through your word. I pray this in your name. So, if we start at the beginning in Psalm 139, 13 to 16, it says, You, God, made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit them together in my mother's womb. You were there while I was being formed, and you saw me before I was born and scheduled each day of my life before I began to breathe. This is so exciting today when we think he knit them together and scheduled each day before they began to breathe. We've got new babies here. We've got baby Oakland here for the first time, and we've got other new babies. This is exciting. So if you've had a baby in the last year, would you just kind of stand up or raise your hand if you've had a baby within the last year? Everybody look at those people that are standing up and waving their hands, and actually we can clap for them. There's some new babies over there. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And some aren't even a week old that are here today. You know what? Before those babies were born, God scheduled each day of their life. He knit them together and he had a plan and a purpose for them. And not only did he, did he schedule their days, he gave them things to do in those days. And if we go to um, Ephesians, I've got Ephesians 1 to 2, 1 to 10. I want you to read that at home. It's all about identity. It's all about your identity and who Christ has made you to be. But I want us to focus this morning on Ephesians 2.10. And this says, We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. In Ephesians 2, it will remind us that works don't save us. We are only saved by grace. So I don't want to get any of that confused. We are saved by grace because Jesus died on the cross for us and God extended grace to us that way. But this tells us that he has works for us to do, that he's prepared in advance. Little Oakland, little babies, he's got a plan for their life. So even after we barely come into the world, God has things ready for us. And sometimes we have a hard time believing that. Sometimes we think, ah, oh, God can't use me if you knew what was going on in my life. If you just knew some of the things that I'm keeping secret, there's no way that God can use me. I'm too old for that or I'm too young. We have all kinds of excuses. There's many resources and tools. And one of the ones I just want to um, highlight today is a resource from Rick Warren with The Purpose Driven Life. And this is a resource called the Shape Resource. We actually have some of it on our website under the um, About Us tab. I'll, I'll direct, it's on your um, handouts, exactly how to get to the spot on the website. But Rick Warren talks about an acronym, SHAPE. 
And in that acronym identifies the way that God has uniquely made each of us to glorify him and make him known. So if you take the S from the SHAPE acronym, that is spiritual gifts. Each one has his own gift from God. One has this gift and another has that. These are supernatural abilities that are given to each of us the moment we come to know Christ. The moment that we accept Christ as our Savior, we are given supernatural abilities, divine abilities, abilities that we would not have as a part of who we are, but God puts them in us. Supernatural gifts. Some of us have gifts that we haven't even unwrapped because we haven't tried in that area. We haven't moved forward in that area. So that's spiritual gifts. The H in the acronym stands for heart. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Proverbs 4.23. So that's our motivations, our interests, our core passions, the things that get you wired up. Have you ever noticed that some things that you do, you could just keep doing and doing or talking about and someone else isn't the same way? And so sometimes you think, okay, am I wrong? Are they wrong? No, nobody's wrong. It's just that that's the heart that God has given you. And sometimes you meet someone that's kind of got a kindred spirit in the same heart, and, and that's fun, but he's made you unique, and he wants you to be you. The A stands for abilities. God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. And so kids, I need you to look up here and watch what I'm going to do now, because sometimes... Especially kids, but you know what? Really, adults do this too. We look at other people's abilities. We look at other abilities and we think, oh boy, they can just do that so much better than me. Man, they are just so good with people, or they're so good with writing. I I can't do that. Or they're so athletic. You know, there's those people that you can just give a racket to or a ball to, anything you can do. Every, I don't, we don't, lots of times don't like those people. Me, I mean, I do like them, but they, I, I can look at them and say, wow. So, so we can start comparing ourselves. Kids, I want you to look at what God does when he knows he's given some certain abilities and some other abilities. And he doesn't want us to look at someone else's abilities and think they're better than ours. He, when he lines us up and he puts us together, we might want to say someone is better than us. He sees us all the same. He sees your ability the same as someone else's ability. We're just unique. We're unique. So he sees us all the same. So when we look and we think, I'm just this. Remember, God has given each of us abilities to do certain things well. The P stands for personality. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. So God shapes us with different personalities. In this room, we've got lots of different personalities. We've got risk takers. We've got those that think longer about decisions. We've got those that play for fun, those that are a little more competitive. We've got just different personalities. He's made us that way. When we go to the lake, we've got some that just run in and dive right in and get all wet. We've got some that wade in with their tippy toes. We're different. We have different personalities. Makes us unique. It's not right or wrong, just different. The E stands for our experiences. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Romans 8, 28 our experiences, and we've got many kinds of unique and individual experiences. 
work experiences, educational experiences, courses, classes we've taken, things that we're drawn to because of our heart. We're drawn, we're interested in that. You know, those are God-given longings for certain things. We've got spiritual experiences. Churches, coming to church, camp, our quiet time with God, our, our prayer time with God. We've got those kind of experiences. We have mission trips. We've got people back from Panama today. We've got people back from Belize. People that have been doing things this summer. You come back from those times and you're not the same. You've been changed. God has worked and given you that experience. One of the hardest things for us to accept are the painful experiences. The painful experiences. But God has shaped us and shapes us through painful experiences. God never wastes a hurt. And it's sometimes through those painful experiences that we can have our greatest ministry. I've told my testimony here before about my father being an alcoholic. You know, when I look back at my childhood, I could look back and see all those painful times. And that could be what I remember. But if I stick there and if I get stuck there and stay there, God can't use it. I'm to the place where I am so thankful that God gave me the father that he gave me. There were many good things that I learned from my father. Was there a lot of pain? Yes, there was. But it's because of that pain that he has opened doors for me to talk with other people and share with other people about painful things in their life. So he uses our painful experiences. Galatians 3, 4 says, Were all your experiences wasted? I hope not. Another version is, Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it is not in vain. So that's one way that we can think of ourselves, is that SHAPE acronym, acronym with spiritual gifts, with a heart, with abilities, personality, and our experiences. He shaped us and he created it, each of us unique, complex, and yet with a purpose. And then we have a choice to make. We have a choice with what he's done and how he's made us. And though kids, I want you to look up here because you have a paper and you're going to get some of the answers to your paper in this video that tells us about the choice we have to make from Matthew. Once there was a man that was going on a long trip. He had his servants take care of his property while he was gone. The master gave each man the number of talents he knew he could manage. He gave one servant five talents, one servant two talents, and one servant one talent. The man that was given five talents went to work using his master's money and before long had doubled it and had ten talents. The man with two talents also doubled his talents and had four talents. The man with the one talent went and buried his talent in a hole. After a long time, the master returned to see what the servants had done with his talents. The first servant came to him and said, Master, you gave me five talents, and now I have gained five more. The master was happy he had put his talents to good use and told him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things, so I will make you ruler over many. Then the servant that had two talents came to his master and said, Master, you gave me two talents, and now I have four. The master was happy he had put his talents to good use and told him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things, so I will make you ruler over many.
Then the servant that had gotten only one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you were a tough man, and I was afraid. So I went and hid your talent in the earth, and here is the talent that is yours. The master was mad, and the servant had not put his talent to good use, like the other two servants, and told him, You wicked and lazy servant! You know that I am a tough man, but you didn't do anything with my talent. So the master took his talent and gave it to the servant with ten. The lesson of this story is that we need to use whatever talent God has given us, and he will increase it so that we can live our lives to better glorify him. So story told in a parable, but such a truth in there about not using or wasting or possibly burying what God has given us. Don't you just dream, uh, I have this picture in my mind of God looking down and maybe it's at us here and you just dream of, of uh, how, how he could say, look at them. Look at them using what I've given them to use. Look at them. I'm so proud of them. Look at them. Look at them unwrapping the gifts and doing the things that I planned for them. You know, what does he want us to do? I believe there's like four points. And the first two, discover who we are in him and accept who we are in him. Discovering who we are in him is realizing he died. He sent his son to die on the cross for us. So our new life that we are a daughter, we are a child of the king, discovering that that's the salvation through him. And then looking at how he's made us unique and complex and accepting that. And the other thing that I believe he wants us to do, and not I believe, the Bible tells us, is to serve him with the talents he's given us and develop them. Second Timothy 1.6 says, Keep using the gift that God gave you and let it grow as a small flame grows into a fire. If we're not serving and using it and trying, we're burying it. On our website, we have some suggestions and some, you can look in there on, on the About Us tab, about how, what, how, what do I do when I don't really know what, how he's made me? I don't really know, Maureen, you're saying all these things and I don't really know what I have to offer. You know, we suggest just start serving. Just start serving. And as you're serving, God will reveal things. Things will be unwrapped in you. You will be affirmed by others. God will show you. Just start serving. See where there's a need and serve. And I need to tell you about a fun camp. Our fun camp. Two weeks ago, we had fun camp. Such an incredible week. Such an amazing team that Jody Enns, our fun camp director, put together for that week. And I was excited because I love being with kids. But I got to tell you, I was moved, moved by watching the leaders. We had from grade seven to retired people that, that are retired from their vocational work, but not retired from God's work, all together. We had an intergenerational team that was amazing. But what I was most excited about was when we got to the end of that week, the emails that I received and the comments that I received and that said this, I didn't think that God could use me that way. I, I just... I just knew there was a need, and so I, I signed up. We had people that actually switched their shifts at work and started at 5 in the morning so that they could have the afternoon to come to fun camp. We had people that booked holidays and then said, I just booked my holidays, and I just saw there was a need, and I'm here. It was, it was the, the people that said, I didn't know God could use me. 
And they were filled up. That's what happens when we start serving, and we're serving in a way that God wants to use us. We are energized. We're not drained. It gives us life. It doesn't take away. There's two traps that we can fall into when we are thinking about where I fit into the body of Christ. And that's the traps of comparing and conforming. And the first one I talked a little bit about when we look at someone else and we say, oh, they just got so, I wish I had their gifts. I wish I was like them. And all of a sudden we absolutely are stunted in our own abilities and gifts what he's given us because we are looking at someone else's. The other thing is conforming, thinking, oh, they look like they've got such a full, rich life. I want to be just like them. And so we start to mimic and act and do the things that they're, they're doing. And what that says to God is, you know what? You kind of made a mistake on me. I was that, oops, I want to I wanna be more like them. And that's not what God wants for us. He has created us unique. You know, we can admire. Okay, I, I am so thankful for our leader here, for Bruce, for Pastor Bruce. I'm so thankful for the way he preaches, the way he leads. Amazing. But you know what? Bruce does not want a whole church of Bruce's. He doesn't want that because that wouldn't be the complete body of Christ. Right? We all have our role and our place to play in the body. So reviewing about what we've, what we've talked about this morning. One, God has made you for a purpose because he doesn't make anything without a purpose. And number two, he has invested in you talents and abilities and spiritual gifts. If you know him, you've got spiritual gifts that he wants you to use. He's invested that in you. And one day, one day, everyone in this room, all of us in this room, we are going to stand before God And I believe there's basically two things he's going to want to know from us. And the first thing will be, what did you do with my son? What did you do with my son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for you? What did you do with that? And what did you do with what I gave you? Did you bury it? Or did you use it? What did you do? The gift of life I give you, the gifts I give you, are you using them to make me known, to spread the gospel? And you know why this is important? Because understanding your place in the body of Christ matters because of the mission that God has given us as a church. We are called to be a community of believers that loves God, disciples one another. We don't have to be perfect to disciple. We just say, hey, come with me. I'm following Jesus. Come with me. Let's follow Jesus together. Discipling one another and together reaching out with the gospel to those who live right here in Saskatoon, the river, to the ends of the earth. And you have a role to play in that. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning, Lord, and I just thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for your son. And as we come to the communion table today, Lord, I just thank you for the gift of life, the gift of eternal life through your son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, if there's anyone in this room that hasn't accepted you and accepted that gift, Lord, I just pray that right now you'd be speaking to their hearts. And Lord, would you just um, open up their hearts to receiving that gift of life through you. And Lord, I just pray for each of us with the the gifts and the abilities and how you've shaped us and how you've made us, may we come humbly before you and say, Lord, I want to serve you. Help me. Help me to move forward in this area.
Thank you, Lord, for how you've spoken and how you've been here this morning. I ask these things in your name.